This is your Places Call. You are listening to Theatrical Thoughts. I'm Emily Wyra. And I'm Jessica Fight. And today we are joined by stage and screens Lena Klingerman. Lena is best known for originating the role of Dawn in Sarah Bareilles' Waitress in the first national tour, later taking the role on on Broadway. Thank- We're so excited to get to chat with you today. How are you? I'm good. How are you both? Doing really well. We are super excited for this. It's really cool to have you on. Thanks for having me. All right, so we tend to kick off our episodes with a segment that we like to call the 60 second life story. So I'm gonna throw a good old iPhone timer up and 60 seconds, you know, your whole life, just casually. Yeah. Just, just that, just my whole life. Just cool. your whole life. Summer. You this. Whenever you're ready. Okay. All right. I was uh, born in San Francisco, grew up there. My parents, um, moved us to Minneapolis right in between eighth grade and freshman year. That's where I started uh, acting and doing art and art history and things like that. I um, went to do undergrad where I did a BA in theater arts and art history and did my first professional gig uh, at Shakespeare Santa Cruz and then decided to go get, after doing a summer training congress at ACT in San Francisco, I went up to University of Washington in Seattle and got my MFA. It's so stressful, 60 seconds. Um, And then graduated, went to LA, did a bunch of Um, web series and plays and things like that there and then moved to New York about five plus years ago um, and have been living here and doing kind of every possible thing I can including music and stage and Shakespeare and all that. That was amazing. (laughs) Amazing. I'm impressed. You that was like very succinct. (laughs) I also love my husband, love my family, all those things but you know. All the things. So freshman year-ish high school coming kind of in and pursuing the arts, kind of what got you in that sphere? Um, I I guess I've always uh, been interested in art and storytelling. My dad's a singer, songwriter, um, musician. And so I'd always been interested in storytelling. I like my family sort of loved um, reading books aloud to each other and performing. And I have told this many times, but I like grew up sort of like, performing to myself in the mirror and my brother and I sort of would like memorize funny bits on like SNL or like I love Ace Ventura but like I always had a performative quality to myself and I didn't know how to sort of funnel it I just I was I did a lot of sports growing up and did some um I did taekwondo and so I had a lot of things going on and then when we moved to Minneapolis I was looking for kind of an outlet. And I remember just seeing that there was an audition for Damn Yankees and I had zero awareness of like even how to audition. I I mean, now it seems so funny, but, and so many kids started so much younger, but I just, you know, being a kind of performative person was like, sure, I'll do it. And I, they said, you need a monologue. And I got a monologue book, I think probably from the school library. And I just held it up and read it. And that was my audition. And I would never tell anybody I work with <laughs> to do that, but it was super fun. And it was a funny monologue and I just got really into it. And it was like the same thing as, you know, reading these books aloud with my brother and my mom and my dad. And um, yeah. And I, I got one of the uh, sisters and, um, and then ever since kind of just kept doing, so it was a musical, but I um, didn't just particularly want to do musicals. I did a lot of like 
really cool, weird shows uh, in in um, high school. Like we did uh, a version of Cabaret that was more, um, it was kind of a blend of the original play that's not a musical and the musical itself and um, did a weird whodunit that my friend wrote. And so I did all sorts of things and then decided, I didn't decide that it was my career until I uh, halfway through college, so. So how did you, first of all, original work in high school, that's so cool. I know, it was a really cool group of, uh, my, my graduating class, which was, you know, just, they were really, really creative and we uh, all kind of went on to do interesting things. So the writer of that went on to be a filmmaker. So, you know, makes sense. Just casual, you know, that's so cool though. Yeah. So halfway through college, you're saying you kind of, that was what asserted it for you. So what kind of did, what was that moment like where you were like, all right, this is yeah. my, what I'm doing. So I had done plays like, you know, I was uh, all throughout high school and I fitted in, I don't know if many kids do this nowadays. I wasn't as like hundred percent sure that's all I wanted to do. So I was fitting it in with like varsity volleyball and also doing like um, a teen arts council at the Walker Art Center. And I was making art too and doing some wire art that I like to do. And so I was always fitting it in and trying to find time, but that can be really hard. Um, and uh, then had never, didn't have like a theater class though. And then went to college where I specifically chose a place that I could do theater while also kind of doing the other studies that I was really into, which at the time were also art history and art making and um, anthropology. And, and a lot of these with lenses of like feminist art, art theory and uh, feminism in regards to like anthropological studies. and. So in uh, college, I started to merge those with theater with like studying performance history. And I studied things like um, happenings and Yoko Ono and like Dada. And uh, I was blending sort of like my um, theoretical critical mind with theater making and wasn't sure how it would all kind of come to be. But I picked Santa Cruz because I, could, there was a theater there and I could do all of those things. And then around sophomore year where it was like, I really have to figure out what's gonna be next at the end of this. I decided to, um, and I was taking theater classes as well. I decided that I would do a summer training Congress um, or it's a summer training program, but it's at American um, uh, Conservatory Theater in San Francisco, which is an amazing, theater, just like tons of history there. Um, like one of the first places to do Angels in America and all of that. Um, and I just, and originally that's where I'm from. And I committed to this nine week intensive where basically it was like you were going to an MFA program, but for just nine weeks where you weren't studying all these other things. It was just that. And I wasn't sure that would like hold my attention since I did love like writing and analysis and things like that. And uh, Melissa Smith, who uh, uh, runs, ran the program at the time, for sure. Um, I remember her teaching a Shakespeare um, course where it was on text analysis and we were breaking down like the language of Shakespeare. And I just, my mind was like, oh, yes, this is what I love about, you know, like, analysis and literature and um, thinking about art in this way, but I also can apply it. 
And so that kind of like grew a big love for uh, the classics and for Shakespeare, but also it, that whole nine weeks of like, we had dance, we had amazing voice training, clowning, not to mention, you know, acting class. And I just was like, this can hold me. I, I know I'll be able to grow in this career and keep being challenged and keep being curious, um, especially because my career is pretty varied and and that's exactly by design. I wanted I wanted that and I'm glad that's how it's turned out. It's weird sometimes, but it's like hard to explain. But um but it's that was that training that like told me, yep, I will now be continuing to study this and go for my MFA because I didn't do a BFA. I wasn't sure at that young of an age that I that's what I wanted to do. I mean, it's so cool that there are um like students who know so soon I just wasn't one of them you know yeah, for sure yeah. so this kind of nine-week program this was like mini MFA so then when you get to your MFA program was that something where it was like a very easy transition for you or was that like what was that kind of process like I guess yeah that's interesting I have to think about it um I so I went straight through I graduated I'm young for my my grade too so I went uh I got accepted I applied in my senior year of college, got accepted um, to a few places and then went to University of Washington. And I visited, I recommend that for any student who's going to an BFA or MFA, I visited and um, uh, actually changed my decision of where I would go based on visiting and, um, and some financial aid stuff. But uh, the school in Seattle had a really in, um, intensive like voice and movement um, aspect to it. So like we did trapeze, we had um, movement class that's based on um, Tadashi Suzuki's uh, theater. So it's called the Suzuki method. It's not the same thing as piano, um, but it's like physical movement, like stomping. And it was really like my, my childhood, like Taekwondo thing kind of came in. And um, it's, it's basically a way to sort of stay completely physically present and use your whole body in performing. Um, and so, yeah, when I, when I got to, um, do my master's, I was just like, so excited that it was 24 seven and literally it felt like 24 seven. It was really intense. Um, I was just so excited to like use every different part of me, you know, where it was like, we were writing solo shows in that program as well. So I was writing, I was learning about, you know, uh, Russian, like theory and Stanislavski and doing Shakespeare and literally doing trapeze and singing and then also um, doing voice work and doing stomping and all that stuff. So yeah, it was, a, it feels like it was a really easy transition because I'd been building up and then it just got to be like, open the floodgates. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So what would, but what would you say is your favorite project you were a part of before Waitress, either at school or before that? Well, it, it, like hands down, it's got to be when I got to play Hamlet um, and play Hamlet like as how I identify as a woman. Um, so in, and that's important to me on many levels, but largely that I didn't have to try to put on any performance of gender to play the role. I just really felt like I played Hamlet. I was handed the script and, and played the character as a human who would feel these things. And um, and one of the things that uh, the director and I talked about beforehand was like, can't 
can't, you know, can't women feel the things that Hamlet feels like um, incredible sort of like heartbreak and anger at their mom or loss for their father, or all these different things and betrayal and revenge. And how often do you see that for a leading uh, woman? It's, it's not written very often, you know, and we're getting there, but Hamlet is one of, is known as one of the most complex characters. And so to get to do it and just bring all of me was, I mean, just hands down one of the most eye-opening, like, oh, wow, I always want to play a character this wild and rangy and complex. Um, but also I really liked opening up um, being one of the the many women who've opened up um, that sort of canon of roles to women. Um, and I'm interested in doing more and more of that. Um, and I think in our society, we're challenging what gender means. And the more we can mess with that, the, the happier I am in terms of what we represent, you know, that it isn't just one way of being black or white um, across a lot of things. So that, um, that, that, that role, that collaboration. It was in Colorado at a place that I love working with, with a director I love and a theater I love and a place that is just so amazing, Boulder. It's just like holy and um, the cast was amazing. It just was a kind of dream come true. And I love doing Shakespeare, so. That is just the cast, that's brilliant casting, but also, yeah, you bring up such a good point. It's so cool to kind of see you don't see female characters written that way so often and it's heartbreaking. So that's really cool that yeah. you get to see that so early on in your career and start kind of breaking that barrier. Yeah, and I've played a lot of um, of ingenues in my time. And I, you know, I, I, I'm sure there are people trying to write as complex female characters. We're just, you know, we need to, we need to produce them more. We need to support those writers and um, it's, it's, it really was like jaw dropping for me how how different it felt, you know, to bite into such a juicy apple. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So now fast forward, what was your audition process like for Waitress? Yes, um, I don't, you may have heard it's a it's kind of an odd story. Um, I was I mean, it really began um, when I was living in L.A. and this was before the ART production and I was a reader for Telsey in living in LA and I am a huge huge um, fan of Adrienne Shelley's work both as an actress and writer creator um, and so had known the movie Waitress and um, they called you know Telsey's based in New York but um, in LA they needed a reader to audition people for you know the Jesse Mueller like ART original production and I was like what is oh my god waitress they're making a musical of Adrian Shelley's like film that's so cool and I just remember like going in and Diane was there and I just was like this is so wild and you know reading I was literally like reading all the other parts but whoever was coming in and and I, I went home and I, I said to my husband who's a um, musician I was, was like could I sing? Could I sing any of this? Like, should I be trying to be seen for this? And I was so scared. I hadn't, I'd done so much uh, Shakespeare in the time and hadn't done a lot of musicals like out of school. I just mostly got, like went into web series and musicals, or sorry, web series and Shakespeare. And so we like sang it. And it was funny, like the Dawn song was like the one that fit 
the best. But then like they went back to New York and it happened. And then years passed and, you know, I kept my eye on waitress just because it was interesting to me. Years passed, I moved to New York and one, I, Telsey hires me for a show at Diane Paulus's theater, ART, um, right out of the gate of moving to New York. So I do Fingersmith um, and Diane is in our rehearsal a little bit. She's not the director of it, but like she gets to see my work. And then I come back from that show and I was getting ready to go do Hamlet. And they say like, can you come be the reader again for, they remember you. So they say, can you come be the reader for Waitress? Cause you've done this before. And I was like, sure. So I go in the room and it turns out it's like uh, auditions for both, both the tour and, and Broadway. And um, so everyone's like in the room, Sarah, Nadia, uh, Diane, and I'm the reader and, and I'm like the reader of like all other parts, you know? So Jenna's are coming in and I'm being like, Ogie and Don and Becky. And you know, it's just hilarious. Like this kind of fun juggling act, which I really like about when you're a reader. And um, like, I could tell that they were like laughing and enjoying things that I was doing. And by the end of like, I don't know, it was like a three day uh, long audition or five days or something. The, the last day, like I leave and Diane follows me and is like, do you sing? Do you sing at all? And I <laughs> said, yeah, I've done some musicals, but I have this album because um, my album had been out. And I said, she said, send that to our casting director um, and uh, like, we'll, we'll listen and, and get back to you. And I'm just like, oh God, okay. What, like, I've just seen amazing people come in. Like, can I do this too? Oh boy. And sure enough, like they listen, they tell me like, it's going to be for Dawn and I'm going to come in um, with Nadia. And it ended up because I like kind of knew them and it was this amazing sort of situation where I got to, I knew the material really well, but I got to like work a little bit with Nadia, then went straight into for producers. And then on, um, on like one of those sessions was pulled out with Nadia and Sarah. And that's, that's one of my like favorite memories of just singing Nadia's playing and Sarah and I are singing to each other. And it was so much fun. Um, and just like trying different things and then going back in, and it was all very like, oh boy, scary, you know, but every step of the way, I was just like, this is just wonderful to be here. Like, it's just really a privilege to be asked, an honor to be asked. I know whose I'm, shoes I'm, you know, stepping into. And then I think I like left thinking it was all done. And then they like called me. I was like on vacation or something. And I, I can't remember where it was, like the Midwest or something, seeing my parents. And they're like, can you come back? Can you do another <laughs> like callback? I was like, okay. So he went back. Um, so it was very, very crazy. And I mean, these, especially like, um, you know, uh, like originate in the national tour. They, they, I you know, knew that they would do a lot of um, auditions and callbacks. And so I went back for that and found out and just was like, um, uh, Pat Goodwin, the, the casting director, who's amazing, kind of, because we're friends, like he left me a voicemail that that's, he tried to make sound kind of sad. And so I heard the voicemail, I was on the train and I saw that he called and I heard it and he was like, 
like, hey, just call me back, you know? And and then when I called him, he's like, ah, you got it. I specifically tried to throw you off. <laughs> no, how do you? But um, it was it was a great day. So long and kind of wild and crazy, but for someone who like loved Adrian Shelley, it was, I don't know, just a huge moment where my life changed. So that's amazing. Yeah. Like one of my favorite parts is hearing about how everyone books their roles because everyone's so different. So that's it, just so cool. It really is. And sometimes like you don't ever audition, you know, like it's, it's just crazy. And um, I'm just very fortunate that they like gave me a shot and, um, and then it, I also just felt so such a, such a sort of kinship with how Adrian Shelley like created things and like her humor. And I just remember wanting to like channel her. And so that, that was special to me that like I did that and it was responded to. So. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So fast forwarding, you know, you've got this crazy audition, your life shifts radically, you're on tour. Yeah. What's this experience like? What's your favorite part? What's the hard part? What, what's this like for you? <laughs> well, so when I found out I got the tour, I was, uh, I'd already had for that summer. So I found out like, I don't remember, like April or May, May. Um, so I had Hamlet that was all summer, like June through August. And then I was supposed to get married in the first week of September. And then when they, they called, like rehearsal started the day and a half after my wedding. And so I was like, can I come like a day late? And they're like, we know you have to come. So they let me come like a little bit late to the first day because I was flying there. So I showed up to the first day with my two suitcases, which I think my like wedding dress was in and um, started. And so it was just like, I had a, I had had a whole summer playing Hamlet, which was really crazy and then got married. And then like, we couldn't do our, we didn't do our um, honeymoon until a year in, which was in the middle of tour. So, so it was wild and we had an amazing four weeks of rehearsal in New York city. And I had so much fun. Um, Diane, like kind of let me bring a little bit of my like Adrian flavor to the role um, while like doing what was, you know, staged and what was on um on Broadway and things like that. But the tour, you get a little bit of wiggling room at the beginning. Um, and I just, I don't know, I just like felt it. I put those red glasses on and I was like, I am done now. And then, um, and it's crazy. Like she was like my partner, you know, for, uh, over, over a year, um, on tour. And it, I mean, I've never done anything for that long. Um, uh, and you know, it's rigorous, like that part is that song is like a real sort of like uh, song where you have to like have control and rest control like breath wise and also while you're being flung around the stage and lifted and jumping and then the rest of the show there's jumping and I really love being a physical actor so it it really like um, kept me excited and um, yeah I just enjoyed 
like touring. I'm used to working in other places, but I'd never like toured the same thing. And that, that gets hard, you know, especially when it's like one week travel one week, cause then you don't have a day off your day off is travel. But whenever we'd sit down for like two weeks to a month, I was just like, yeah, this is great. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was awesome. And then, um, uh, you know, I wasn't sure I wanted to keep touring for a lot longer than a year. And I wanted to go on my honeymoon and all that. And then around that time, I found out that they asked me if I would go to Broadway. And that was, you know, make my Broadway debut in this part that I love so much. And it was just like, I mean, I have a picture my husband took it. I was just like, over the moon, super excited. And I just left, basically left tour to go join the Broadway company, which is a totally different thing because it's a shorter, compact thing. The show's moving and you're rehearsing in the day while they're, you know, or at night while they're doing the show. And it's this amazing sort of, it was a whole new kind of set of um, muscles and tools to use. And some things are a little bit different because the, the spaces that we would play out in the country would be really differently sometimes sized than the Brooks, which is a really wonderfully compact uh, space. So just like little things would have to shift um, and little uh, like little moments were shifted for touring that were different on Broadway. And so I had to like relearn a couple or newly learn a couple lines and things like that. Um, yeah. So, and then off to the races to do Broadway. So it was exciting. So wild. So I guess like, how are you keeping tour dawn and Broadway dawn kind of straight in your head during that interim period? That was hard because, because I'd done the tour for over a year. And so my body literally wanted to like take, you know, everything from like, instead of um, just three steps to get to like that table. Like it was like used to taking four and a half and cause you build it, especially if there's song associated with it or how far you have to reach or where that table is spiked. And it's just a little bit new. So there were definitely times where I'd be like, Oh, okay. This way, you know, <laughs> the diner, I always had to be like, Oh, okay. Don't, I think I hit my hip on the diner a lot um, <laughs> for the first little bit. And one of the things that, never happened on tour but once we got to the brooks that spin in the middle of when he sees me where you know they picked on up i kept kicking the table that's in the middle <laughs> and everyone thing would fly and i was like oh god and i had to like learn to just like adjust you know i couldn't just be like wah um so there's little little things like that um but i'd learned so well doing the tour for so long. And then we started to have new people on the tour um, and a couple shifts here and there, you know, some note sessions where things might change. So I knew how to adapt, but, um, but then Broadway, like that can happen even faster. You know, if you have some people come in for just two months or something. Um, so I just, I learned how to be even sort of like more flexible and ready to, to shift things like if we needed to shift a certain lift for a new you know actor or whatever um you just started to know how to be ready you know yeah for sure i think that's kind of interesting like you'd think that because tour is shifting so often from location like the broadway stage was almost equally as fluid that's kind of that's very interesting yeah just fluid in different ways exactly yeah so waitress i mean in my head seeing that show 
I sobbed. <laughs> it's one of those ones that like it really it's resonated with so many people in so many different ways. So I guess why do you think that is? And what was that like being a part of that kind of a show that hits people so hard? Um, I think it's a great question. I mean, I I think it's the original material is just so uh real and and raw and like speaking of this like complex female characters, right? Like having having like female friendships that are just put on the stage, put storytelling that's like not there to, to make each other be mean or catty or anything like to really show what these friendships are was so fulfilling for me to just like be like this is enough this is enough to dig into as an actor and and it works you know like so stories about women work <laughs> even though we've not been told that for forever but also like adrian shelley uh, had come from a line of like cinema that that wor worked with complex female characters who were deep and funny and dark. Um, I think the darkness is so interesting. And for me, that's the part that makes Waitress really just like crackle and is spicy is like that there's an undercurrent of darkness and pain that's so real for so many of us and it doesn't sugarcoat it. Um, and it and it shows it for what it is, but it also like wonderfully in a weird maternal way, it's not weird at all, but like holds you in that place um, and is kind of a safe space. I mean, in the way that it's a soft, it's a soft place to land. And um, which is why I think that, that that moment is like, is sort of that show in a nutshell. Um, so I, I guess that's why, I mean, it touches on so many different things about relationships with, you know, problematic, abusive relationships and um, motherhood and all of these things, but ultimately it's just um, complex and real and like has a heartbeat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So besides getting to tell this incredible story every night, what would you say was your favorite part about the job and the most rewarding part? On stage, I will say, I think the thing that now, you know, a few years off that sit with me is like all the play that um, doing something over and over, you know, it can get, it can get stale. You could let it get stale or you could really dig into like moment to moment work and looking into the eyes of your, that in my case, very talented partners, you know, Jeremy Morris um, Desi charity, like, and, uh, just like, look at this person and they're going to be different. It's a different day. I'm different. They're different. And yeah, we might be saying the same thing, but like, if I could connect to that, I always had like the best shows because it stayed fresh for the character, you know? And, um, I guess, uh, I guess because you said what was the most rewarding, I want to answer your exact question. Yeah. It was, it was like relearning that every, every time. And that like, anytime I started to think like, oh, I, I know, I know how this goes. I got this. Like it would get just the quality would not be as good. And I'd be like, okay, I have to re-remember like Dawn's, you know, version of this and what's new and then recommit to that and, and kind of like beginner's mind it, even though it's something you've done hundreds of times. And usually it was playing off of um, the other people that would bring those aha moments of like, oh, right, that's what this is. And 
So I just, I just think of that, like, I mean, how much Jeremy made me laugh or surprised me or like made me fall in love with Ogie in even newer, more complex ways. And same with the other waitresses, like um, when we'd have like any of the understudies on like, what's in, what's a new way that I love this person. This is a totally different person, you know, and, um, and yet we're saying the same things. So yeah, just how, yeah, much possibility there is. Yeah, absolutely. And then off stage, it was super fun to travel and go do fun things around the country. So what would you say was like your favorite spot that you got to see while you were on tour? My favorite spot. Uh, what's my favorite? So many different things. I don't. Oh, man. Um, I mean, mostly like. Like, I just have all these like little flashes of tour where it would be like, oh, that really cool place that we stayed, like um, a few of us stayed together in an Airbnb in like Fort Lauderdale on the on the canal and like just had so much fun or I'll remember like a really beautiful venue. There was an amazing venue in New Orleans that had just like all of these gorgeous lighting and sculpture and like a star sky and, um, so it's it's everything or just like really good food you know I love Nashville one of my favorite moments I was remembering is like we were uh putting the show in in Nashville and there were signs up that Bon Iver which is one of my favorite um bands uh was like rehearsing in the other big big uh theater because a lot of times these these areas or these um sort of complexes have multiple theaters and I would like go do my scene and then go sneak and try to like listen to what they were doing and I found a back door and I couldn't see anything it was just like a light show they were rehearsing like for their tour and I just like listened and it was I, it's like these weird adventures that you can go on and then I would go see Justin Vernon walking through and be like oh my god you know it was I was I was nerding out and then like running on to go do a Broadway tour so it was funny that was a good memory. That's so, I would probably die. <laughs> yeah, no, I was definitely like turning red and like, yeah. But also like trying to like be where they might leave <laughs> on a break. <laughs> so now speaking of music, you're not, you've got music of your own. So you've got an album out. What was yeah. the process of getting that out there like for you? Um, It was, it was interesting. Cause like, I didn't know what it would be. I've always sung with my dad, who's a musician. And um, when we first started, it was going to be uh, kind of all an album of cool covers that we'd sung from some for my, like most of my life. Like um, one of them was Till There Was You that didn't end up on the album, but um, uh, it, it started that way. And then my dad um, had written some originals and then he and I worked on one or two and, it just became this like project that was a labor of love. And then in the midst of that, my husband and I met. And so he jumped on to be like our piano player and producer. And so it just, um, I don't know, it was like a passion project that kind of kept growing the more we just were like, oh, what is this? Oh, we could use this amazing um, engineer in Nashville. And oh, we've got this drummer who was also like the drummer of fun and L vi and and then it just sort of formed and i did a kickstarter and it was something that i loved and when i made it i didn't know that anyone would listen to it it got some like 
it happened to get some great radio play on like folk um, or alt folk uh, radio stations. But then really like it, uh, that was all, you know, I wanted to be an actor. So I wasn't sure that this would go any further. And then um, when Waitress started, like it was this thing I could kind of hand and be like, here you go. Here's like what I sing and how I sing. And, um, you know, which needed to shift a little bit from like recording voice to what's something who can sing every night, you know, 10 times a week. Um, so I, I trained and worked on that, but, um, but then like got to have the album shown to a whole new group of people uh, via Waitress. And so it's had sort of like a second life. And now um, I'm in the process of like amassing all my songs that are very personal and some were written a little before the tour, some were written on tour, kind of about tour life and how hard, it's wonderful, but it can be really hard. Um, and then things after that too, about loss and love and adulting. And um, so that's, that is uh, currently one of the projects that I'm, I'm working on and trying to finish because I am a procrastinating perfectionist, so. <laughs> Why do I feel that? <laughs> So you mentioned kind of talking about the tour experience and talking about, you know, love and loss, but is that mainly where you draw inspiration from writing now? Is that kind of, where have you drawn inspiration from in the past too, I guess? Uh, pretty much, I write definitely from my life. Um, it's, I write when the muse hits me, um, which is not, which sometimes when you're going through rough stuff, it can hit all the time and then sometimes it goes away. And so, and that's part of, I think why this current one has taken so long. Cause it's, um, you know, I started, I went through, uh, God, um, trying to do math right now, like 10, about 10 years ago, went through a divorce. And I think that's where that first album sort of was born out of. And then I started writing after that. And then that morphed into kind of new love. And then that morphed into like, building a home, but then like being on tour and being away and um, the difficulties of, of tour life too. And then um, and growing up and then, um, you know, experiencing uh, quickly after that, experiencing um, a miscarriage, which was, uh, you know, I have was public about and, and then, you know, it's just life keeps going. And so it's, I feel like I keep writing new songs and I'm like, oh, this is what this album will be. And I mean, really, I think it's just going to be an album of like, uh, of personal growth. Um, I sometimes play with like, you know, writing workshops and writing exercises that are like, right from one time I wrote a song from like, um, Daryl from uh, Walking Dead, <laughs> from his perspective, it was not bad. But um, I was like, wow, I really vibe with Daryl, but I mostly write from like a line of truth that like hits me, you know, just even if it's, it's not necessarily poetic, but it's like everything from like, you know, that feeling of when you want to talk about something, but you don't want to talk about it, you know, like it's too much. So it's so much, all is going on, especially in COVID so much is going on. So nothing is going on, you know, those types of like, uh, oxymorons or dichotomies or things that just don't quite fit that are very human. Usually that's like what I start from. Like one of my main songs for the next album is called Going Nowhere Home. And it's that idea of like, I'm going nowhere home, you know, and it meant 
a lot to me and who knows what it'll mean to other people. Maybe it means nothing, but um, that's, that's kind of like where I, I draw my inspiration from. So they're usually pretty, they might be like veiled and about someone else's kind of weird perspective, but um, they're always from my truth. Yeah, that's amazing. So I guess kind of wrapping up, what would you say is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? Um, it's just so many things. <laughs> it's not, I think it's largely like this thing that I'm still grappling with of like of perfectionism, which just doesn't, I think as a younger actor, it, it helps you sometimes, right? Like it can help prepare you for auditions and you can memorize uh, well and read read the plays and and be really prepared but that perfectionism doesn't always like let your creativity breathe and so uh to, to I guess be a little easier on myself and be more messy that it's okay to be messy people will hire you even if you're you know artistically a little messy hopefully not professionally messy <laughs> that's never good but um but then in connection with that in concert I think if I'd been a little bit kinder to myself and let myself be more messy, I might have been to this point of sharing my own work with a little bit more ease. Cause it's like, it's like a vice grip on my heart to share these things. It's really scary and easier to do other people's writing, um, you know, like as an actor usually does um, or, or do covers or, um, or, you know, whatever that may be, or, you know, rehearse in front of a mirror doing Ace Ventura moves. Like to make your own is a different kind of confidence and muscle and trust. And um, I guess kind of being messy is trusting yourself. And so now I'm at this place where I'm trying to trust myself. It's hard, even to my age, like to do that. Um, and also I'm trying to write a play about something that's very personal to me uh, right now with a friend and I can't think too far ahead like about how it's going to be received or whatever because that that fear that fear voice or that trust voice comes in and my perfectionist self wants to fix it and I'm like oh but I have so much fun if I can just breathe and be in the creative space and trust and get messy um, the way that I will if I'm handed like Hamlet you know um so I guess that's the place I'm trying to build for myself. And I wish I'd been there at a younger age. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really solid advice and an amazing sentiment to end on. Lena, you're amazing. This has been so thank cool. You. Um, thank, thank you so much for coming on. Like this, is, this has been so, so cool for us. <laughs> We're totally yeah. cool. Um, Thank you so much again. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Of course. I'm so glad to have been here. You guys are great. And I feel like I just talked your ears off. So. <laughs> And we love that. <laughs> so con to connect with Lena on Instagram, follow at Lena Klingeman, where you can find where you can keep up to date on her latest projects. Be sure to follow Theatrical Thoughts at Theatrical Thoughts Podcast on Instagram as well. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.